and gently take a deep breath in. Release the breath and then gently open your eyes. So I want to welcome one and all. Lots of familiar faces today. <laughs> Except for one lady, I don't know you. Your name is? Diana. Diana, it's a pleasure. So you're coming from with Victor? <laughs> no. Oh, who brought you here, my dear? Uh, my friend Lily, who's not here yet. Oh, I see. I, I see. <laughs> I met another Lily. So. Yeah, there's another Lily here. We've exchanged drawings. <laughs> Good so far. Good. Well. <clears throat> so today, there's sort of a, a interesting uh, topic. Uh, uh, higher consciousness. This is, uh, I believe, the topic today. Um, it's a, it's an extensive uh, 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 topic, and please, at at any time, ask questions. You really take the shot to probe. You know, uh, take the shot to uh, clarify. Um, in your questioning, you should try to be meticulous and meticulous in the to to try to cull your or glean your understanding you know so that you have clear understanding in this yoga science there is no room uh for fuzziness there, there's no room for fuzzy thinking and there's also no room for maybe you know th- this this is a uh, a profound science you know just like if you have a geologist you know he'll see uh, a stone and he will examine that stone and break it down, break it down. What is its history? What is its chemical constitution? You know, you know, where did it come from? They'll be relentless until they understand everything about that stone. Yoga is the same thing. Consciousness is, is the same thing. Yeah, you, 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 have to, you have to have a, a relentless inquiry. You know, you have to turn over every stone, every aspect, and, and so that you absorb the knowledge. You know, there should be there should be no shadows in your knowledge. See, so you don't have to learn a voluminous amount of information. If you learn a few things extremely well, all of a sudden you'll understand a voluminous amount of things. You know, you don't have to study 10,000 subjects, you know. It's, it's totally, totally not necessary. If you, have, if you have a profound understanding of any, you know, any true element of the yoga science, all the other uh, understandings and, and uh, schools of knowledge, they come to you like a handmaiden. You don't have to study everything. Study something extremely well. The other stuff will offer itself to you. See? It's like you become a king and then all the ministers run to you. You know, they'll inform you of everything that's happening in the kingdom. See? But you have to be the king of something. <laughs> See? The, the, the problem is, is that um, you, you have ordinary consciousness or what's called common consciousness and then you have higher consciousness. And the, the thing is, 
uh, the, the human beings are like a, a tea bag, you know, put into a teacup. <coughs> so the, the, the tea becomes profuse through the water. But the tea bag thinks that that's the world. <laughs> it, it, it's influenced everything in the cup. But the problem is, the teabag can't see the sky. The teabag can't see the world. It thinks that everything that it's influenced, everything that's come in contact is its world. And that's, that's our common consciousness. So we're, we're moving through the world, and uh, we say, okay, there's other things there, and I'm going to influence it by my beingness, who, who I am. So our personality moves out, our actions move out, and we influence everything around us. One way or the other, gross or subtle, we influence everything around us. But what we really don't understand is our consciousness is in the teacup. <laughs> so have we been effective in, in influencing the world? Yeah. But we don't realize that the scope of our perception of the world is a teacup. <laughs> it's it's in. in in comparison to the higher consciousness, higher awareness, it's just a teacup, you know? And everyone is running around with teacups, you know, influencing their little, you know, portion of the, of the, of the reality. So, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit uh, difficult when the teachers come along and, and, and say, there's an ocean of consciousness when you've been living in a teacup of consciousness or maybe a pond of consciousness if you're a little bit further along. <laughs> and the teacher starts talking about a, not only an ocean, but my master, you know, Sadhguru Sanke Chavez, would talk about a cosmic ocean, <laughs> not just an ocean, a, a cosmic ocean. So, you have to understand that this whole yoga science has everything to do about your evolution, your evolution into consciousness. And you can really think of it as an inverted pyramid where you're just like this like tiny, line, tiny little point. And as you move into yoga science, you, you go grander, 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 deeper, 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 deeper. You know, the, the difficulty is is that you're completely, completely used to living in a teacup. So the moment you start to expand, the, the teacher starts to try to draw you out of the teacup, you become fearful because the teacup is very, very comfortable. It's a comfortable known. I'm good with this. I have my family. I have my job. I have my economics. You know, I have my worldview. It's all you're known. So you're good with that. You know, you might not like every element of it, but, you know, you're comfortable in the known. And the Guruji's job is to bring you into the unknown and then make the unknown known. <laughs> but it's a journey. See? And it's... it's you know, people want to sort of fantasize from their very limited perspective. Uh, I'll just wait for one moment. Someone's coming through the door. Ram Krishna.
Should someone open the door so that they know that they're welcome? Come, come. I hope I haven't lost my train of thought. <laughs> so, Ram Krishna, Ram Krishna. So, the Guruji is uh, bringing you from the known to the unknown. And sometimes it's a little bit of a bumpy ride. Uh, because we, we fantasize that uh, this trip into the, to the greater reality, people, people will tell you all kinds of <clears throat> mythological stories that they've drummed up. So the road is smooth, and the breeze is warm, and roses are dropping from the sky. That's not true. <laughs> let, me just, just, let me just get that out of your head. It is far much more like, you know, going mountain climbing, you know, in the Himalaya mountains. It's a, it's, it's arduous, but absolutely beautiful. And don't, please, enough. Please don't think you can't fall and break your head in this journey. You can. Along, along with the absolutely beautiful vistas. Wow, there's all these people coming in late. Please just scoot forward. Ram Krishna, Ram Krishna. Yeah, come, miss, miss, come forward more. That's all right, just scoot forward. And please, no more interruptions. That's okay. The room will expand. <laughs> you know, your personal boundaries will be a little bit uh, <laughs> collapsed. You know, in India, when you get on these uh, uh, shuttle trains, you're like jammed. A train that should fit, you know, 45 people, a, a car, might have 150 in the car. I mean, literally. So you learn to just quietly collapse, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so this is what today is like. Today you, you're going to all just quietly collapse in. Okay. Welcome, children. Beautiful children. So I want to disabuse you of this, this journey into higher consciousness. Um, is it a wonderful, magnificent journey? It certainly is. It absolutely is. So, will you will will you see things that are unimaginably beautiful? You can say cosmically beautiful. More than you can ever imagine in this realm. Will you see those things? Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. But you have to also remember, in e. Even the beautiful can be terrifying to you because you still live in a teacup. <laughs> you know? Your teacup consciousness is at the scale of a teacup. You know? Well, if beauty shows itself in that scale, you're content. And you say, oh, that's wonderful, that's beautiful. But what, what, what happens when beauty shows itself in a grander, more dimensional scale? 
It's not that it's not beautiful. It's that you're so unfamiliar with that condition that it's terrifying. <laughs> so we can look at the sun and say, oh, that's really beautiful. What a lovely day. And then you can say, well, what if you had to look into the sun when you are three miles away and look directly into it? Can you understand the ferocity of that light? It's the same light we saw from Earth looking up into the sky. Oh, how beautiful. But now, if your consciousness is three miles away and you're looking into the ferocity of the sun with all of its luminosity and power, can you understand that it might upset you? <laughs> it's the same sun, but it's a different perspective. One, you're very, very far away. The other, you're up close and personal. <laughs> You know, same sun, same light, but your perspective is different. You're, you're closer to the reality of the sun. Here on earth, we're further from the reality of the sun, but get up close and personal. Can you imagine the sheer atomic power of the sun to be able to experience its radiance and its power and its luminosity three miles out? <laughs> See, this is what I'm trying to explain to you. And, and, and what I'm saying to you is absolutely literal. It's absolutely literal. So, like, when people say that they can follow this path or this journey into higher consciousness without a guruji, it's so incredibly ridiculous. It's so laughable. You know, can, can you enter the luminosity of the sun without proper preparation? <laughs> of course not. Well, please, what I'm telling you is literal. I'm not, I'm not giving you some a sort of a fantiful, you know, idea. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to convey literal reality. So the Gurujis are, Josh, the, the Gurujis are, are absolutely necessary. You, you have to, uh, there's a difference between a, a religious teacher or, or a priest, please come, please come. And then and, and just remove your shoes, miss. There's a difference between a religious teacher and a religious philosopher and a, and a genuine Guruji. There's a massive difference. The, uh, the religious philosopher and the religious priest they're good, they're well intended, but they're not. They're not discussing the subject from a, a personal, direct knowledge. They are sort of uh, religious academics with sort of a humanitarian heart. That's good. It's not good enough, you know. It's like. If you, want to, if you want to climb the highest peaks of the Himalayas, do you want to learn how to make that journey from a guy who's read a bunch of books and has faith in the journey but never took the trip? <laughs> or a guy who's gone up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain, down the mountain? <laughs> who do you want to travel with? You, know, you want a guy or a gal who's actually made the journey multiple, multiple times. Uh, so th they know exactly the nature of the mountain. They know the grandeur and the beauty, and they know the pitfalls and the danger. And they know how to thread that line. 
You don't want a guy who's just read a book and has faith in the journey and never put his foot on the mountain. <laughs> that is perilous. That is absolutely perilous. So, you, you don't find a... Hmm, this is an interesting... The way you... Uh, in the beginning with your limited awareness you sort of have a good intention and you have some thorn or some group of thorns sticking you so you have some motivation to to uh be happier you know you've got stuff that's bothering you, you know, emotionally physically mentally socially economically you you got problems and you just just you're just saying how do I rid myself of, of, of all of these problems and have a more beautiful view of life, have more beautiful experience in life? So you start, on, in the beginning, you start a series of unconscious prayers, like, I want to be better. You know, I want to be well. And over the course of multiple births, that quiet prayer... Uh, builds up in your subconscious where you want more light, you want more insight, uh, you want less pain. You know, the, you, the world is sort of hammering you and you, you're, you're getting to the point of saying, enough already. You know, I've been hammered. You know, give me a break. Matter of fact, that's, in, my, in my early days, that was one of my, one of my go-to prayers is God, give me a break. You know, this is life. You have to be real about this. So over time, come, come, come. This is an interesting day. <laughs> I'm sorry, Harvey. Yeah. People are sort of winding through the door quietly. And we have this big table in the room because it was raining or, or inclement earlier. So what happens is is yeah you can sit my dear she can't sit she's injured oh you want to sit with me i can't sit i have a herniated disc so i have huh. to stand oh stand. oh sorry to hear that so over the course of multiple births anything that we can do to accommodate you just let us know so oh, oh, mm, oh over over multiple births you you uh, start to well up in your unconscious mind, not your conscious mind, your unconscious mind, um, that uh, life is painful, life is difficult. And you, you just say, I want to break God. And then it, it reaches a point where it becomes conscious. You know, before, you just have an unconscious angst. And then later on, it's like, okay, enough. So... Uh, then you start really voicing it, like, I want to find someone who can remove this, these issues. So you start looking at the doctors, and you look at the social workers, and you look at the philosophers. This is like the arc that you're traveling through, you know. And you look at the scientists. You, you know, you don't care who you get the break from. You just try to get a break. You know, you, you're just trying to alleviate your problems. Whatever your issue is, you want to get it, you want it out. So you, you sort of go through this, this spectrum 
of, of therapists, you know, the social scientists and the humanitarians and, and the, all the different types of priests and rabbis and imams and, you know, you start to look through. And then, and, and you will end up, I'm going to go to this therapist and I'm going to go to this doctor. You, you do all of that. <clears throat> and you're still not happy. <laughs> You know, you're, you're, you're still, you're, you're, you're still not well, and you know it. Good, here comes Nick Warren. Yeah, I have Nick sit here. You can sit here with me. Or there's a chair right there. This is the, the, the sadhu, Nick Warren, who's just come. If you don't ask me direct questions, ask that yogi questions. <laughs> You'll benefit. Okay, you can come with shoes, that's okay. You can come. Ram, ram, ram. There, there, sit there, Nick. So, b before you, uh, before you even think about uh, higher consciousness, you, ha you have to realize where you're grounded. You're, you're grounded in common consciousness. And a common consciousness, it, 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 you'll come to a revelation that common consciousness is much like hugging a cactus that's in bloom. <laughs> it has this massively beautiful flower, and you're hugging the, 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 the cactus, which is also massively filled with thorns. That's the common consciousness. That, that's what you're in. Do you see this beauty in life? Yes, you do. But are you filled with thorns? Yes, you are. That's the problem with common consciousness. That, you know, you're literally hugging a cactus that's blooming. So it's beautiful, but it's incredibly painful. Your relation, your boyfriend is gone. Your girlfriend is gone. This happened, that happened. Car crash, you know, job loss, you know, everything. There's a there's a thorn. No no matter where you go, there's a thorn. You know. So eventually, uh, you you'll have that inner angst in your unconscious mind, and then you start to voice it in your conscious mind, and then you go through all the various forms of therapies and therapists and and social helpers until you sort of reach a sort of a, a crucible. And, and also, unfortunately, but I'm, this is sort of a get real, you'll also go through a whole series of faux teachers, people who wear robes, but are not the real deal. <laughs> what are you gonna do? This is life, this, this, this is the world we live in. You know, 
But so so once you you do your round of of faux teachers, and they sort of rip you off and bang your head and and sort of add add to your suffering, then you get really 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 serious about in your heart saying deep prayers like God show me something real, show me something stable. And at that point. When when the world has really uh, shaked and baked you, you've been rocked, rolled, and tumbled, you know, bludgeoned, and you, th- then your prayer gets really, really deep, and you're sort of just fed up. It's like God, show me the truth, and I'm going to jump off this cliff. You're just done. Then the God will have you meet some uh, some guruji. Often the Guruji won't be what you expected. You know, you're you're expecting you know some angelic being to come floating, floating, floating down, and his feet is like three feet off the ground, and they're glistening, and so you're you're expecting that mythology. But that's not really how it works. You know, God has the Gurujis in the world, not with their feet, you know three feet off the ground and they're in the world they're they're in the trenches you know you didn't see mother Teresa three feet off the ground you saw her in the trenches you didn't see Mahatma Gandhi three feet off the ground you saw him in the trenches half the time in prison you know using his higher consciousness to help this teacup consciousness to, to be more expanded, to be more liberated. So you have to disabuse yourself of a, of a type of pretty mythology. You know, if you walk through India, some of the greatest sages that you'll, you'll see, you would have confused them for a beggar. You know, some guy singing on the side of the road, and, you know, in... in semi-ragged clothes and unkempt hair. And all of a sudden you realize, that was the Guruji? Oh my God, I walked right past him. I had no idea. See? So, God sends these Gurujis in all types of forms. It's, it's, it's not just what you imagine. So it's very, very valuable uh, for you to do some kind of research uh, to sit to uh, on the saints, uh, Eastern saints, the Western saints, to to see how they live, like their biographies, because they often are just they look normal, they look or they look less than normal, you know. Are there some radiant saints? Yeah, there are, but that's the minority. And, and God will set up a few radiant saints because people are so blind that you need something very, very bright and shiny to attract their attention. But that's the minority of saints. The majority of saints look just like everybody else or less. It's the grandmother sewing on her, on, sitting in front of her, her house on the porch, sewing. And you think she's just a grandmother. Right up until you go start talking to her, and you start, you lean back on your heels and say, wait, this is no ordinary woman, <laughs> you know? 
there's a, a very deep, stable wisdom in this in this being. And this is not an ordinary person. So, by reading these various uh, uh, autobiographies and biographies of saints, you'll get a a, a much uh, deeper insight onto the, the nature of saints and the where you can find saints and how you can recognize them. Because if you're looking just with your small teacup consciousness, you'll miss them. You just miss them, you, you know. So over time, you'll receive blessings once you actually start to say very, very, very deep prayers uh, that first start out as, God, give me a break. And then it, it'll become more refined and more poetic as as you as you go along. Um, to say you know that give me a break will turn into I really want to know the truth. What is the truth of life? What is the truth of existence? Uh, what is what is stable? What is unchanging? You know you 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 the, that your 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 prayer will become conscious and more refined, more refined, more refined. I want to live in the truth, whatever that is. You know. When when that becomes very deep, uh, then heaven will bring you to various gurjis. Not a gurji. They're they're out there. You know, and from birth to birth, you can you'll end up with different gurjis, and they'll they'll be. Uh, helping to mold different aspects of your consciousness so that you can, just like when you go to university, don't you have multiple professors? There's no difference. You know, you don't have a professor and you get your, your master's degree. No, you, you have multiple professors. So over, over, your, over your incarnations, you'll have multiple professors, you know, giving you an insight into the nature of life, the nature of, of truth. And each one will provide you with a certain body of knowledge so that you can take your next step. Same thing, as above, so below. That's, that's, that's how it works. So eventually you, you, you'll, you'll land up with uh, genuine teachers. and a, 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 a genuine Guruji. Because the word Guru just means teacher. You know, or technically, dispeller of darkness. Um, but conventionally teacher, a Dharma teacher. Dharma means truth, righteousness. Um, but not all teachers are the same. When, when you're talking about an authentic Guruji, an authentic Guruji has realized their teachings. See? If they're talking about the mountain, they're talking about the mountain they climbed. They're not talking about the mountain they read in a book or the mountain they heard from some third party or second party. You know, the, the real Gurujis, the real Gurujis have, uh, have, have done the work. And not only have done the work that they're discussing, they're accomplished in what they're discussing. They're accomplished in what they're discussing. They're, there's there's no cloud there's no conjecture there's no maybe see just like if you go to a good engineering student when they're when they're showing you a blueprint and you're a student that blueprint is is of something they've already designed and built and tested 
and now they're just showing you the blueprint. So they're not, they're not, there's no maybe. It's already, for them, it's already an accomplished fact. You're an apprentice. So they're, tr they're showing you the blueprint of where you're going to be going and what you're going to be doing and how it all works. It really is like that. So, um, you know, getting, once you actually get to a point of um, being near a, a real Guruji, then it really is an apprenticeship. And it's, it's an apprenticeship that lasts a very, 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 very long time. And that apprenticeship has to first start with a, a type of friendship that has to be cultivated. Because in, in a friendship, there has to be a trust. See? There's, there's no point in being with a Guruji if there's no trust. <laughs> what are you going to learn? You're not going to learn anything. See? So when the yogi says uh, a friendship, it's not a conventional friendship. We're not going to go bowling with you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> or play tennis with you. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but what we do mean uh, when we talk about friendship is someone who, uh, who sees your... They, they see your um, virtue and they celebrate your virtue. See? That, that's what we mean when we say friendship. We, we recognize the, the virtue in you. We also recognize the nonsense in you. But that's not a big deal. You know, all the nonsense. It's like light doesn't fight with darkness. It simply displaces it. So we see the nonsense. But we also realize there's infinite light. And we, we just, you know, emphasize the light. It displaces the darkness. No problem. We, we just keep going. But the, the, the Guruji, they, their friendship is that um, they acknowledge your innate goodness, your innate virtue, and they celebrate it. See? So that, that's, that is the basis of the friendship, that you are innately good and that we celebrate that. That is, that is the foundation of, of, of the friendship. You know, as it's it's not a conventional friendship at all. You know, we understand, and we're more than happy to listen to all your issues and all the problems and blah 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 blah. But that's not the nature of our work. The the nature of our work. All the shadows you have in your and the thorns you have, are just knots. They're just knots in your psyche, and they're also another way of putting it. It's your denatured self. And we're trying to get you to be your natured self, your, your true natured self, as opposed to your denatured self. Like if you're railing and acting badly, that's your denatured self. That's you out of order. See, you know, when you're in order, you're not that way. See, so we're just trying to, to bring in the deeper nature, which will displace the neurotic nature, the, the disorder. We're, we're bringing a higher order to chaos. That's all. You know, whatever bad, stupid stuff you've done, it's just, it's just an expression of psychic chaos. That's what it is. 
you know, you'd do better if you knew better. And if you really, if you really realize that all the stupid, bad, crazy things you've done are just creating a big thorn of which you're going to step on, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> you know, you, you wouldn't do it. So you, you know, it's like a slingshot in reverse. It's coming right back at you. And if you realize that, you certainly wouldn't do it because, you know, you, you punch that guy in the nose and you realize, oh, my God. That same punch is coming my way. I think you lighten the blow that you put out there. So it's because you didn't know that it's coming. It's going to come right back at you. So the Gurujis are are trying to inform you that whatever you're putting out there is coming right back at you. So be cool. You know, be a little less confrontational. Be a little less violent. You know, basically they're saying be easy on yourself. You know, if you're not easy on the world, the world's not going to be easy on you. You know, you're going to, the bread you feed others is the bread you're going to consume. So they first have to get you into a state of some kind of intelligent stance where where you, to realize that the life you're living in your own personal teacup is potentially perilous. But the good news is that you're inherently good. <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually in, inherently a, a seed of God. But the problem is, is that with the manifestation of our ego and our, our personality, we want to sort of control the universe. We don't sort of want to flow with the universe. We, we want to be the governor of reality, not subject to reality. See? That's the problem. Can you see the inherent conflict where you want to be the, the emperor of the universe in your teacup? That's the problem. We're, we're, we're out of sorts with, with, the, with the infinite reality. We've manifest a micro-reality of which we want to be the emperor of. See? And the problem is there's a hundred thousand other teacups of which every one of them want to be an emperor. Can you understand that there's going to be conflict if everybody wants to be emperor and everyone's living in their teacups and, and thinking that is the reality. My reality is your reality. And you're saying your reality is my reality. There's a problem. And, and the, the Gurujis are coming along. A lot of times the Gurujis are not that popular because the Gurujis are saying, you're all mad. <laughs> we don't want to hear that. <laughs> you're all, you know, functional nutcases. And there is a greater reality. See? So, and then we get very huffy. Like, who is he or who is she to say that? That I'm a nutcase. That's what it is, man. The, the Gurujis are truth tellers. You know, sometimes truth is not so pleasant. You know, you don't want to hear that you have, you know, the salad is caught in your teeth. <laughs> but someone, if they're a friend of yours, they say, hey, dude, <laughs> you're going to an interview and the salad is in your teeth. <laughs> you know, the, the Guruji will tell you the truth. They'll try to tell it to you lovingly, but they'll try to tell it to you in a way that you get the point, that you, that, you know, 
that's, it's actually going to benefit you, whether you like it or not. It's, it's, it's going to benefit you. You know, and then it's just, uh, uh, you, you have to acquire a type of proximity. And if you start to read the biographies of saints, uh, there's psychic proximity and then there's physical proximity. In the beginning, uh, physical proximity to a Guruji is, is really, really helpful. That's why we have ashrams. The ashram is not there to, to benefit the teachers. The ashram is there to benefit you, see? So that you have an opportunity for physical proximity. And in, in that physical proximity, there's multiple dimensions of, of, of events that are happening. One, the Guruji is, is persistently generating a particular vibration uh, that it shoots right past your conscious mind, but goes to your sort of the, the intelligence of your heart and also the intelligence of your higher mind. You're functioning in your, your common mind, your lower mind, so you basically you don't know what the heck is going on. And you, you're, you're functioning in a semi-primitive heart, so still, you'll feel good, but you don't exactly know why. You know, the, by having the physical proximity of uh, a, a Guruji, they're sort of uh, generating a persistent energy that it works on the mind and heart level, but it's sort of charging your battery. But it's it's charging your noble battery. That it, it's it's not it's not charging your neurotic lower mind, because you just act out. But it, it's it's charging sort of your your illumined heart and your noble mind. It's charging that up, and in charging that up, it's displacing the nonsense in your heart and the nonsense in your mind. See, so. That physical proximity allows that to happen easier, and then uh, using your, all of your intellectual facility, uh, you can ask ten thousand questions because that's part of, that's your 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 responsibility is to ask ten thousand questions. The guruji's responsibility is to answer ten thousand questions. That is the relationship. Your job: ask ten thousand questions. My job answer 10,000 questions, see? So there's, there's multiple things going on. And, and then also with that type of physical proximity, the, the, you know how to do things in accordance to the way of the world, see? The Guruji is quietly trying to show you how to do things in the way of the kingdom, see? In, in your evolution... You're not supposed to have your heels rooted in earth and stay here forever. Do, 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 you, do you want to stay in this frying pan? Do you think that, that that's normal? You know, even a worm tries to get out of the hot sun. They have the initial intelligence to get out of the hot sun. So with all of your physical psychic facilities, you know, if you look at, you know, you look into the paper, this is what's going on in this world is not normal. Everyone killing everybody, starving women, starving children, harming old people. That's not normal. That's not healthy. 
Even a worm wants to get out of the hot sun. So as a, as a human being, do you think that this is where we should stay? This is where we evolutionarily plateau with this kind of savagery? Of course not. Evolution is supposed is is to bring us to a to a, to a balanced reality in the light, without knots, without shadow. That that's your evolutionary arc. But if you look at the newspapers and and hear the radio, you you can see what's happening is not normal. It's it's not healthy. What's going on? You know this this is not the evolutionary plateau of humanity. There's still unimaginable savagery going on. So you're you're with the Guruji to learn greater and greater states of harmony, greater and greater states of of natural nature. That's why I said I used the word denatured. A lot of the functional activity is denatured. It's not normal to want to foul the rivers. It's not normal to foul the air. It's not normal to foul other human beings. It's not normal. See, it's not healthy. It's, it's not reflective of what's going on in the higher kingdoms. Not at all. It's, that, this, is, this is not normal, what we're living in and what we're going through. In, in higher consciousness, you want greater harmony, greater light, see, greater compassion. That is, that is what's ahead of you. Where we are is not normal. It's not a healthy situation. That's why the Gurujis are sent into this world. That's why they're born over and over and over to, to, to get people out of a, a very difficult condition. See, there is a way out. You know, when you get sick, don't you seek health? So, Moving from the, the the common consciousness to higher consciousness is just first recognizing that there's an inherent sickness. You know, people are behaving crazy, and sometimes we behave crazy. That's we have to recognize that's not normal, and we have to recognize there if there's illness, there's also health. So, higher consciousness is moving into a greater and greater health. See, if there, if there's shadows, there's also light. We're moving into greater and greater light. And, and being around the Gurujis, it's 10,000 conversations about light. That is really what it is. From, from wherever you are, from whatever point in your evolution you are, that's where the dialogue starts. Inching you greater and greater and greater to light and into and, and methods of entering the light. And also reminding you that the situation you're in is not normal and part of your mind is not healthy. Until you recognize that, you're not going anywhere. You don't fix what you don't think is broke. It's only when you realize this is not normal do you try to find a normal. See, So what we have in this world is people in a state of functional madness. And we think that that's normal. It's not normal, see? So the Gurujis will actually start to teach you about the genuine essence of what prayer is and how prayer can illumine your life. You know, most of the prayer that you're taught is baloney, nonsense, rubbish. I hate to tell you that. 
told you by told to you by people who have not accomplished anything in it. So whatever they're telling you is functional baloney, nonsense. They're not teaching you how to pray properly. They're just they're just giving you rote stuff that they have not accomplished anything in. But if you look at the mystics and the saints of the world, all of them talk about prayer. But they're talking about correct, enlightened prayer, not rote monkey prayer, which is what you're commonly taught. You know? And they'll teach you about sacred utterance, you know, the, all the infinite mantras of God that are there, which means just utilizing pure energies of God, aligning yourself with pure energies of God. That's what a mantra is. It's an energy of God. It's, it's a particular vibration of God that you align yourself with. And the moment you align yourself with it, the energy of that fulfills you, fills you, and it expresses itself. See? That's what it is. You can think of it in terms of music. Every, every vibration of music gives you a different feeling, different sentiment, different experience. The mantras are the same way. Every mantra has an effect. So depending on the mantra you practice, it has a particular effect in your consciousness. See, if I banged a cymbal, you would start to cringe. But if I played some melodious, you know, harp, you'd say, oh, how sweet. See? They're all energetics. They, they all will have an experience in your life. See? So... Then the, they'll, so they'll teach you, the, the Gurdjies will teach you about prayer, they'll teach you about mantra, they'll teach you about right acts. Meaning right acts, when the yogi says right acts, it means non-selfish based act. It means, it means compassionate based act, as opposed to just common self-interested acts. See? A lot of times we're just doing stuff, self we, have, we have a personal self-interest, and it sort of stops there. From our perspective, that's not normal. That's not normal. To say, I can feast and everybody else can starve. That's not normal. See? You want everybody to feast. See? You want to live in a, in a community where all, all are well. See? Not I am well. All are well. See? So we teach you about right action, where your actions are based in compassion. That everybody is well, not just you are well. See? And then they'll start teaching you about the science of meditation. There's a real good reason why many people don't have a lot of success in meditation. I, I tell you, I've been in all kinds of meditation halls from one end of this country to the other. They're all well-intended, but there's a lot of baloney because it becomes just sort of a, a pleasant social group and we all sort of look good and we can all sort of feel good a, about ourselves because we, we look good and we're saying, I'm so noble. Right up until a real teacher walks in there. Because a real teacher is the embodiment of two things, love and fire. You know? There's no room for baloney. <laughs> they have profound love in their heart they actually uh, see the profound love in your heart, but a real teacher is like hidden cosmic fire. Matter of fact, if you actually saw what was in a real teacher, you'd be afraid of us. So it's hidden because they're like a giant kill. 
Their job is to burn off the baloney. Whatever rubbish, whatever nonsense, whatever baloney you're carrying around, our job is to get rid of it, to burn it. So it's not that easy to have that relationship. You have to sort of, sort of ease into that kind of friendship. Um, because living in sort of a teacup consciousness that you have a lot of effect on that, the contents of that teacup, and they have to slowly start to bring you out of the cup and to show you vista after vista after vista of the grandness of what's going on. You know, and the, the Gurujis are constantly talking about the kingdom or Vaikuntha or various w- words for the, the cosmic reality where all your experience is just in the teacup. See? And we have to try to start to get you to have a more grander dimensional relationship with the universe. And not only that, to get in line with the universe. See, human beings, it's like do your own thing. That's your problem. You don't want to be in harmony with the, with the reality, with, with the, the beatitude of the kingdom. You're still, you're still fighting for personal sovereignty. See? In, like if you see a conventional Guruji-Das relationship, like I'm a conventional Das, and this is my master here. That, this is his spouse. It's, we're serving them all the time. You know? And my attitude is, is that he is he is is more um, attuned with the reality. So I'm trying to attune to him, and he's already attuned to the reality. So I'm adjusting myself to his reality, and that's what we have to do. We, we like when I'm in the presence of my master. There's no such thing as Hari's doing his own thing. It's just that's just not completely non-existent. My attitude is whatever he wants, that's what I want. You know, it's sort of like having an argument with Jesus or having an argument with Buddha. Does that really make a lot of sense? You know, come on, get get real. If Jesus is standing in front of you, Buddha is standing in front of you, you know, you know, Prophet Moses is standing up. Are you, are you going to really have an argument? Or do you or do you have a little humility and say they're my better? You know, I'm happy just to step in line, you know, and get with the program. That this is what it is. The human beings want to argue with everything because they're fighting for sovereignty. And the Gurujis are sh- trying to say, get in harmony with the greater reality. So the Buddhas and the Krishnas and the Jesus of the world are physical expressions of the greater reality. And your whole job is to get in harmony with that, with them first, and then they will show you even the greater cosmic reality. Right now, the Buddhas, the Jesuses, the Krishnas are sort of embodied a, a reality in a way that you could relate to it, in a dimensional way. You know, Their job over time is to get you to be able to relate to the, the reality in an infinitely omnidimensional way. See? That's a whole lot beyond your teacup. <laughs> See? But first, first God becomes to you in a personalized way. And then God will manifest in an impersonalized way. See? God will come to you in a saguna way and then come to you in a naguna way. See? Saguna 
means with form, within nature. Naguna means beyond form, beyond nature. <laughs> See? But if God started to manifest to you in a Naguna way, could your consciousness hold that? Could you even re relate to it? No. Hence you have the great masters that come and then the many saints that come. See? Because they're personal. They can eat with you. They can talk to you. They can walk with you. See? You, they, they, can, they can cut their body and, and get ill just like you. They come just like you so that you can have a type of affinity. Wow, they suffer like I do. You know, or they walk like I do. They eat like I do. They wash like I do. So you can, you can start to have a personalized relationship. Why did, you know, Buddha have disciples following behind him? Jesus have disciples following behind them. See? They're learning the craft of the kingdom. See? And they're having that, that, that 10,000 conversations to learn the details of, of a greater and greater vision of the world. You know, Jesus' disciples were a bunch of fishermen. What, what, what vision of the world did they have? Think about it. As opposed to the vision of the world they had after 10,000 conversations with that master. See? Or if you look at the disciples of Buddha, there, there were all kinds of people. You know, they, they came from every walk of life, you know, and they acquired this cosmic vision. See, they all left their little teetop of, of consciousness to a cosmic vision of, of, of the world. But it, it takes that kind of... Uh, enough suffering and enough being fed up to look for a physician and then enough headache to go through a bunch of people who are calling themselves physicians and then realizing that didn't work to, to really getting to a point where you have profound deep prayer where whether it's conscious prayer or unconscious prayer but it becomes profound and then you land up meeting Guruji's you know they, they actually come into your life and then you might go through a whole bunch of lives where you, you have the consciousness of, or the deep prayer of meeting Gurujis, but you're not yet willing to accept them. This takes time. This really takes time. And then I realize over a number of births, you realize, holy mackerel, I can actually advance myself. Or they're obviously living in a reality that I'm not living in, so that, you know, it's time to get on board. So then, eventually, you'll have a series of conscious births with great saints or, or Guruji's or a master, you know. And that, at, at that point, you have a teacup consciousness and you have a teacup body, but the moment you sit for prayers and the moment you sit for meditation, you're out of that teacup. You return to the teacup all the time. But the moment you close your eyes and take a breath, you're out of that teacup. You're on to a much, much, much broader vista, which is necessary. Because right now, as regular people, you read scriptures and you say, okay, I hear about there's a heaven, and I hear about there's different realms, I hear about there's different dimensions, but you have no experience. So it's still all conjecture. The idea of higher consciousness is conjecture by the association with the Gurudjis and by being obedient, doing what you're told, 
though you have a teacup consciousness and a teacup body, they help you to liberate yourself from that teacup so that the vistas that you can travel through prayer, the vistas that you can travel through mantra, the vistas that you can travel through meditation become real. And at that point, when you talk about prayer and mantra and meditation, you talk about it with a conviction based on your living experience. See, it's no longer conjecture. So you, they slowly move you out of the teacup into greater and greater and greater levels of consciousness so that you realize, yes, there are angels. That's not just mythology. There are angels. That, that's a reality. It's there. You can meet them. It's not, it's not a myth. It's not a pretty words in the book. There is a reality of, of, of a realm of angels. There are beings that we can call gods. That's real. It's just a stage of evolution. It's a stage of manifestation. Just like we're a stage of evolution as human beings, there's other realms with, with other beings of other greater potentialities. They're still within nature. They still have, they're under the law of karma still. They're not, they're not the ultimate. See? They're just greater and greater realms of beingness, greater and greater realms of experience. This is, this is not the only realm of experience. Do you think that the, the God that created infinite types of flowers created just one planet of consciousness? Think about it. That level of infinite creativity created just this? Do you look up to the sky and see the infinite cosmos and think this is the only thing that's conscious? Please, please, be reasonable. You know? <laughs> Did a baker only make one type of bread? Come on, be reasonable. You know, that infinite creation, creative consciousness just, just made just this? Please, think about it. The cosmos is alive. The cosmos are conscious. There's many, many, many realms of beingness. Many, many realms of, of levels of evolution. It's all there. But inherent in you, because the seed of that infinite creation is in you, you can recognize all those realms. You can actually see all those kingdoms. You, you can actually validate it or refute it by based on your own experience. It's in you. It's possible. See? But you have to go with someone who was making those journeys so that the moment you step out of your teacup, you don't freak out. <laughs> See? Because you're moving from the known to the unknown. So it's nice to have a traveling companion. The Guruji is a traveling companion. You know? They're... they're their job is to have you make <clears throat> a safe passage from common consciousness to cosmic consciousness, see? From common consciousness to higher consciousness. That's their job. Their job is, is safe passage, you know, to get you from A to B or A to Z, you know, you know in some kind of safety. It doesn't mean you're not going to freak out along the way. You probably will but they're going to get you from point A to point B safely. See? You, you cannot make this journey with a novice. It's, it's not possible. And if you try, it's unbelievably perilous. You will not make it. You, you will have a fall. 
you know, you a mental breakdown, physical breakdown, something's going to go wrong. Because you're talking about such an infinite power of energy. How are you going to manage that nuclear power when it drops on your head? Are you prepared for that? No. You, you, you need an engineer to, to teach you how to enter into that kind of dynamic condition and how to process it without freaking out. See? How to get used to being in the center of the sun and not freaking out. See? You're not ready for that yet. But the Gurujis are there to help you expand your consciousness step by step, incrementally, so that you can you can experience and and maintain balance in an infinite luminosity. See? Right now you can't handle that. There's no way. It's not possible. There's only two things that can happen. You faint or you have a heart attack. That's it. That's it. See? You're talking about a level of power, a level of luminosity, a level of beatitude that is far beyond common consciousness. But the journey can be made. It is a can-do thing. It, it it's truly can-do. But it's can-do with proper guidance, you know, proper preparation. You know, you know, did Lewis and Clark walk across America with empty packs and not knowing how to hunt? Please. The Guruji teaches you how to cross the terrain and how to maintain yourself safely for the journey. That is their job. You cannot cross this terrain without a proper guide. Not possible. It's like putting a monkey in a rocket ship and saying, good luck. You know, really, good luck. See? <laughs> you need a pilot <laughs> to help you learn the, the, the trade, make the journey. So that, that, that association with the Guruji, again, they're constantly generating a profound energy. It's not their energy. They're just a conduit. See, they're connected to a higher reality, and they're bringing it in, 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 and then they're distributing it. See? And in the beginning, it's completely subconscious. And then later on, it'll move to your conscious realm. See? And then, then, you, then all kinds of what's called bhava, and people call it like bliss in this world. Bliss. Or, but it's, bhava is a better word. Um, it's a more sophisticated, deeper word. Um, because that, that, that bhava is, 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 a, rec, is a recognition of, of um, the compassionate luminosity of God. You know, the compassionate luminosity of God that is just beautiful. You know, and, and there's no harm in it. It's it's just wonderful. The no harm though, um, where you you're just drawn up into this this uh, this beatitude that you're you lifted up into it, and you start to realize that the Guruji is part of that. He's a component. He's not that. He's a part of that. A master is that, but the the the, the common Gurujis are, are part of that mechanism. 
and that you're now tying into that mechanism. And then by you st- starting to, to do the practices of prayer, mantra, meditation, right action, um, you're, you're preparing yourself. And it's more, it's really, it's, like, it's just like a bubble that is slowly lifting. See? The, the more you remove sort of your, the dross of your consciousness, the more you simply lift. You don't have to struggle for higher consciousness. That's not necessary. You don't have to fight for it. What you do have to do is, is get the lead out of your pockets. You know? You're carrying a lot of dross. And the teacher's just trying to teach you how to de-junk. As you de-junk, you just lift. You know, it's just left less weight, less baloney that you're holding on to. So in this meditation process, you know, they're trying to um, get you established in your beingness as opposed to your personality. Your personality has your history, has your race, you know, has your loves and your losses. All that stuff is in your personality, has your desires and your dreams, as opposed to you just saying, I am a beingness. Just holding on to a sense of beingness and then starting to realize what that is. That, that beingness beyond your personality, see, beyond your history, you know, beyond your sense of temporal existence. See? There's a, there's a beingness that you are that goes beyond your conventional understanding of yourself. And that's what the teacher wants you to get into. Is, is saying, okay, I have a conventional self that, that's moving through the world, but that's not really, really, really who I am. That's just an energetic expression, but it's not the essence of me. And the Gurujis are trying to get you to the essence of you. So they're teaching you meditation, which is trying to get you, when you put aside all of your ideas of what reality is, all of your ideas of what truth is, and just hold a, a profound silence where you are no longer creating. See, the moment you're creating, whether it's emotional, physically, or mentally, you're creating what's in your teacup. Now, the Gurujis are trying to get you to stop creating. When you, as a being, stop creating, the question is, what's going on? See? That's what we're trying to get you to see. What's happening when you're not influencing what's in your teapot? What's going on beyond your personal psychic creation? See? When you can put a pause on your personal psychic creation, you start to realize the creation. See, there's a difference between what you're doing in your head and what the kingdom is doing. See, what the cosmic intelligence is doing as opposed to your limited intelligence is doing. See, the moment you start to practice meditation correctly, you're moving from your intelligence to the intelligence. See, you're getting you're getting in harmony with the intelligence or the kingdom, see, in creative, infinite intelligence as opposed to your limited personal intelligence, see? You're moving from common consciousness to higher consciousness. See, do you understand what I'm saying? It's no longer about you. It's no longer about your personal creation or your personal desires. You're trying to get in harmony with the original the original thought, the original 
energy, energetic, that created all of this. You're trying to get in harmony with that. You realize that and become a, a, a component of that. See? So when you're studying like me, studying with my, my master, he's in communion with that. He, he has perfect attunement with that. So I, as his disciple, am trying to get in tune with him. So I'm getting that in a lesser dose until I can get that in its full dose. See? That's how it works. It's an apprenticeship. So I slowly merge into the heart of my master, and there's no more Hari Charan. The Hari Charan was just a dream. The, my master's name is just a dream. It's, it's, the, it's the cosmic reality in his heart that was the, was the only reality. And the cosmic light in my heart, that was the only reality. There was really no Hari Charan. Hari Charan was just a dream. My master's name was just a dream. The only thing that was really true was the cosmic reality in his heart, the cosmic reality in my heart, which are the same thing. See? Can you, can you see the quiet merging? So a beautiful way of putting it is like each of us are like a very personalized salt doll. And then you take that doll made of salt that has your face and your history, and then we put it into the ocean and it dissolves. So that very personalized self-doll that had your face and your history dissolves into this cosmic ocean. See? That is what's happening in higher consciousness. But we fight it because we're very, very committed to I am Hari Charan, I am six foot one, I am 180 pounds, I am a male, you know, I have a history, I have a dream. See? We're, we're like totally, totally committed to that. And then we sit in meditation where you're supposed to allow that to dissolve. Can you see the psychic opposition? Can you understand the psychic opposition you have when you want the reality to be you, that you're the emperor of reality, and that you don't care about any higher reality and you're trying to sit to meditate? And all meditation's all about the salt doll dissolving in the higher reality? Can you understand why it's tough? The Guruji is there to say, hey, dude, it's not so bad. <laughs> you know, come on with me. You know, you, you, if you can see the teacher, they're still laughing. They're still, you know, living life. They're part of that reality. They're experiencing that reality. But they're, they're sitting there laughing and joking and having pizza with you. And they're saying, dude, it's not so bad. <laughs> you know, you know, lighten up, <laughs> lighten up. Say a few prayers, do a few good actions. See, you know. You know, come to the festival. They're, they're, the Guruji is trying to ask you to come to a cosmic festival of which you're not the principal. <laughs> the problem is you want to be the principal. <laughs> see, can you see the difficulty you're in? <laughs> but hang with the Gurujis. Slowly, 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 you'll say, oh my God, there are angels. And you won't be saying, oh my God, there are angels because you heard about it. You'll say, oh my God, there are angels because you've met them. You know, that, that'll change your reality. That'll change your reality when you realize, holy mackerel, there really are other kinds of luminous beings. I heard about it right up until you meet them and you realize in your belly, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and then other great deities and stuff. And then other, other 
slowly, slowly as you practice your deep prayers, when you're practicing your deep prayers, all you're doing is de-junking, you know, and, you, and mantra. You're de-junking. Meditation, you're de-junking. That's what you're doing. You're actually becoming truly natural. That, that is really what you're doing, is you're becoming, read the Tao Te Ching. It's a beautiful book and talks, talks about what it means to be truly natural. That, you know, that's what Lao Tzu was talking about. You know, most of what the behavior that's going on in the planet is not natural. That's why we're fighting with each other. That's why we can suppress a child or a woman or a country. It's not natural. It's not natural at all. It's a type of sickness. That we can treat others with cruelty. It's not natural. It's not healthy. Laos too was trying to teach us how to be healthy, how to be natural. You know, Krishna through the Bhagavad Gita, how to be normal. Yes. A question. Yes. What's what are some of the characteristics of incorrect meditation? <laughs> it's infinite. <laughs> are you kidding? Uh that that's actually a really good question. Um, there's so much to talk about, as opposed to what correct meditation is. You, you, you have to have um, such a fundamental understanding. To have correct meditation, you have to fulfill three criterias. You have to have correct method. You have to have correct understanding and application of, of method. And you have to have correct environment. And the correct environment is not only is physical and psychic. So you can have correct, uh, correct instruction, but if you don't have correct environment, it's not going to work. You can have correct inst instruction, but not correct understanding and application. See? It's not going to work. There's so many things that have to line up. And, and the problem is, is because we're egoic-based, which means I-based, and I is, we want to be the emperor. So the Guruji or the teacher will say, do this, do this, do this, and you'll do this, and then you'll sort of do that, and then you'll say, no, this is comfortable, and I'll do it my way. And people go for years not doing what the teacher says because they want to do what's comfortable as opposed to the formula that the teacher gave. Well, he said to do 12 breaths, and I did three, and I'm good with that. And they do that for years. And the teacher said, do 12 breaths, and you're doing three. What do you expect? You know, you expect the result? The problem is, is that Good, honest teachers will give honest formulas, and then we adjust the formulas to our comfort zone. See? And then we don't disclose that. But we, we show up and we act like we're doing exactly what the teacher says, but we're doing what the teacher said in our comfort zone, as opposed to what the teacher said, you know, with clarity, directness, and correct, you know, exactly as he said it. This study is not a joke. You know, these are... Very precise formulas. There's, there's no room for changing, changing the formulas. But I've been from one end of the country to the other, and people are monking around with the formulas. They're doing what is convenient. See, you come to a guy like me, and I'll tell you straight off, 
Whatever you think about, it, get the word comfort out of your vocabulary. If you want to study the way I've studied and do the things I've done, get the word comfort out of your, out of your vocabulary. Now, who wants to hear that? Who wants to hear that? See? Nobody does, and that's why our feet are rooted in the earth. You know, climbing the Himalayas is not comfortable. It may be beautiful, but don't expect to take your piano with you. That's not going to work. See? You, you get, 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 get that idea of comfort out. Just say, I'm going to make the journey. Some of it will be beautiful. Some of it will be comfortable. Some will be wonderful. Some of it's going to be really, really hard. You're going to get caught out in a storm. It's going to be really unpleasant. But you're going to have to get through it. See, that is real. The, the, the teacher has to tell you reality. You know? So, you know, if, if you're like a very tender-footed person, we're just going to lovingly say it's not your time. You know? Go be a social worker. Go be a school teacher. Wonderful, sweet, great. But don't try to climb the Himalayas. Yes, ma'am. How do you balance the... Um the focus on correctness in techniques while not being attached to outcomes because that can also connect back to the ego. And the That's a good question. That's where that association where you just have to have relentless application and in the beginning you are going to be attached to outcome because that's how you've been trained. You do A, B, C, D and you get E. But we, we have to learn that is a way. It's not the way. We, 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 we have to acquire just faith. See? And, uh, but not stupid faith. Intelligent faith. That's why you have scriptures. You, you study scriptures to say, okay, you do these things and we can have faith that these are the types of outcomes. So it's, your, your faith should be scripturally based, and your faith should be based in some uh, accomplished teachers, the, the dialogues. And then faith should be realized in fact, okay? See, I don't want you just to believe, 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 believe. I want to give you very specific formulas, of very specific methodologies, of which you can run those experiments and then see the results of those experiments. See? See, faith should resolve itself in the fact. See, it should resolve itself in the reality. See, I don't want you just to believe. I want you to run the experiments and see for yourself. I speak with conviction because I've run the experiments and seen for myself. So 10,000 people can say, sorry, I'm sorry, you're wrong. And I'll smile and say, I understand why you say that. Good luck. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the conversation. You know? But my, my idea is not going to change because it's not just an idea. It's borne out in the reality of fact. That's where someone else is just conjecture. So you just keep running the experiment, running the experiment, running the experiment, and see for yourself what happens. See? You... you, you like, if you're in a teacup consciousness and the result lies in a higher consciousness, how can the teacup consciousness project what the reality of a higher consciousness is? You, you're only... All of your speculation, all of your realization, all of your understanding, all of your resolution relies in that teacup. See? 
So even what you expect, the, the end result of what you expect is in the teacup. And so you can't presume what's outside the teacup. So you just have to, that's where vetting of the teachers are really important. So, so if you don't read a whole bunch of biographies of saints and read a whole bunch of, 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 of scriptural stuff, when you go to various teachers, some will be real, some won't be real, you, don't, you can't tell the difference. There's thousands of thousands of people following unreal teachers. See? Because they have no way of vetting the teacher. And, and the corruption, they'll be drawn, they have a certain level of, the student will have a certain level of corruption in their heart, and then they'll find some teacher that's that corruption magnified 10,000 by 10,000. And they'll be following that teacher. And that happens all the time. I can name very big names I'm not going to, but uh, that pe people are following who are not real, not real at all. You know, they're master thieves. Yes, my dear. What would you say are important questions that enable you to be able to vet people in that? Me respect? personally? Or just in general? What questions do you think are really important it's not a question of asking questions make a profound study of the dharmapada make a profound study of the bhagavad-gita you know any any major central scripture that has guided humanity make a profound study of it because at that point you'll say is this person walking the walk, living that life? You know? It's not per se the questions you'll ask. It's your reflection on the scripture so that when you come, you, you, you have a frame of reference. See? Like if, if people think that saints are just walking in the sky and, and sort of luminous, well, you, you certainly haven't read about John the Baptist. See? You, know, you certainly haven't said, oh, uh, you know, Jesus landed up on a cross, you know, or many other saints who have had been assassinated or attempted assassinations. You know, you, you, you obviously haven't, you've missed, you missed some. You need a frame of reference. You see what I'm saying? So I'm saying inform yourself that, that we have the fantasy of a saint and the reality of a saint. So read the biographies of saints, you know, look at St. Francis. You know, look at Mother Teresa. Did, did she have a smooth, sweet cakewalk? No. Please read her biography. You know, was she acknowledged as a saint right away? Absolutely not. Did she go through a, a lot of uh, early training and struggle? Of course she did. See? So, it's not, a, it's not per se the questions you ask. It's much more the preparation you go through when you and then when you meet these various pe people, see? It's your frame of reference. Right now, our, our frame of reference... Like, I one time went to an, uh, uh, an event in San Francisco, and the church is a huge church. I forgot the name of the church. It's huge. There's like a thousand people in the room. And there's a 1,000% fraud up in the front. And he's talking, and he's talking all this mystical baloney... And I'm looking around the room thinking, what's going on in this room? Everyone's believing this guy, you know? It, it was such an astounding experience to me. He, he, he was making up nonsense. 
and 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 sort of sort of involving people in sort of this uh, sort of autogenic hallucination, and the room was eating it up. I I, I was sitting there thinking. I'm sitting in amongst a thousand people. Hasn't anybody done any fundamental scriptural reading to hear when he quotes a, a scriptural quote that he said the first half of it correct or the second half of it incorrect? Haven't they noticed that? You know, and then his 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 interpretation when he starts to give a dialogue of of his mis, misquoted scripture is not reflected in any other saints in history. It's his own thing, and they, what are they? Haven't they? I'm, I'm thinking, haven't they noticed? That it, that is, it, it doesn't line up with any of the other luminary saints, that he's he's off on left field, but everyone is sitting there with great devotion and thinking, oh how great! I'm thinking I'm sitting in a madhouse. Now none of those people are bad. All of those people were unprepared. They were all unprepared. See, they had no frame of reference. So he put on a very convincing, uh, you know, song and dance up there. And they ate it up. They ate it all up. They had no frame of reference. They didn't know if he is spouting nonsense or spouting truth. Whether he is reflecting the scriptures or not. They had no idea. A thousand people thinking, oh, this is a great master in front of me. I've seen that many times in my life. See, so the, the more read Dharmapada, read Bhagavad Gita, not just one copy, many commentaries. You know, read Tao Te Ching, read New Testament, read the Torah, you know, in formula, read as many of these wonderful biographies. And if you need a list of biographies, I'll start telling you all these biographies of great saints, current and past. There's many great, wonderful saints currently that you could read their biographies. So you, 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 you can say, okay, and then you can start to form in your mind what sort of is sort of real. See? And, and and by doing that, you'll be able to sort of say, you know, this guy's doing something reasonable here. See? When you enter this spiritual life, do not throw out your common sense for God's sakes. Take your common sense the entire journey. Your entire journey. You know, one time many years ago, 20 some odd years ago, I was sitting in an audience, my Guruji was talking, and at the end of the satsang, there's some fellow sitting next to me, and he's a high engineer or a high doctor or something. And then we were chatting, because he's sitting right next to me, and he goes, oh, you're Hari Charanas, I, I heard about you. And he starts calling, oh, Baba, saying that to me with great reverence. And I'm saying, I stopped him right away, I said, what are you talking about? We just met, why are you calling me this reverential? I could be a complete crackpot. I can be a complete fraud. Why are you all of a sudden saying, oh, Baba this and Baba that? It's nuts. I expect you to vet me. You know, don't just say, oh, he's sitting in some robes. He must be special. That's ridiculous. That's hearsay. You know, that's ridiculous. You, you, you come with some intelligent reference knowledge and then probe. Why do you hang around a teacher? Watch them. See if they're living the life. See if the, so look at their history. Are they doing the work? Don't just say, oh, I hear he has a good reputation. Oh, Babaji, give me a break, please. He shouldn't be saying that to me without vetting me. I could be a crackpot, see, in robes, see? I don't expect you to believe me. I expect you to inform yourself. That's what I want from you. 
I want you to inform yourself, and I want you to run serious, honest experiments. I want you to see for yourself. I speak with conviction because I know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not guessing. There's no maybe. I want you to be in the same position. I don't want there to be maybe in your mind. I want you to have direct, personal experience. See, That's what the teacher wants. You to have your direct, personal experience. If you have that, everything's going to work out. You know? You're not going to be a reflection of me. I don't want you to be a reflection of me. I want you to be a reflection of the God that you are. See? The profound, intimate, wonderful, luminous God that's in you, that's what I want. Heck with Hari Charandas. That's a joke. That doesn't mean anything. See? What's true in you and true in me, that's what's important. All the rest is a bunch of roughish. It doesn't mean anything. Okay? It doesn't mean anything. See? The package doesn't mean anything. It's the diamond that's important. <laughs> See? The diamond in you, the diamond in me, that's important. The packaging, who cares? Your history and my history, who cares? That's not what's last. Yes? How do our senses and our sense perceptions relate to the higher state of consciousness or deep meditation? Oh, that's a good question. Well, you were at the meditation class by the bay the other day. And... um over time, that comes under tantric studies. We have all of these um, uh, senses uh, that we use in a conventional way. There's a supra way. All of our senses have has a low expression, a common expression, and a higher expression. The common expression is to see the common world. But we live in a multi-dimensional reality. It's not just common dimension. So there is a higher aspect to all of our, our, all of our senses. And when, when you study uh, uh, particular forms of meditation, it allows, you to, it allows you to experience other dimensions of reality, other dimensions of, of sacred intimacy. And that gives us the conviction to continue on. That's not the end point. That's like, like drips of honey from the kingdom. So that you go, wow, that was fantastic. So you, first you, you get a drip of honey from the kingdom. Then you say, well, where's the kingdom? <laughs> See? So you start to use all of your senses. And you start to realize that there's a common vision and then there's a, a sacred vision that can happen through the senses, through your vision, through your hearing, through your taste. There's a higher dimension that can manifest. And that's not the end point, but what it does is it leads you on and gives you knowledge that there's more to the universe than you've commonly experienced. That you can have a living, visceral intimacy with nature itself, with the earth itself, that the earth is a living, conscious reality. It's not a dumb rock. And the moment you realize that you can have a, a conscious, intelligent relationship with the earth and the sky and the trees and the elements, all of a sudden you go, wow, if this is real here, then, you know, what is this heaven they're talking about? You get real interested in seeing what that is. Because that's a level of higher consciousness. That's not ultimate consciousness. 
See, higher consciousness eventually will lead you to ultimate consciousness. You'll, you'll go from saguna reality to naguna reality. See, the highest reality. But first you, you're living in common consciousness and then you realize, wow, there's all, that's why they talk about all this psychic facility and the stuff. That's real. It's all real. You realize, wow, if all this psychic facility is real, what else is there? See? It leads you to the question of what else is there. And then you find the scientists who have realized those things and can show you. See? Did I answer, did I answer the question? Sort of? <laughs> yes? Yeah. Mm. I guess the only follow-up I'd ask is... Please. Um, you know, you mentioned this idea that we're creating mm -hmm. all the time. And yes. So we stop creating. Yes. So this, the perceptions or senses might still be running, but... No, it's not. they're not per se running. Mm. You, you, you put them on pause, and when you put them on pause, higher facilities self-manifest. See? There's a lot of facilities we have that are not, that are not functional right now because... All the energy is going towards this, using these senses, this way. But when you turn those off, that energy is going to go somewhere. It, 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 it starts up a whole other set of facilities that we have that are just sitting on pause. Put this on pause, it energizes that. Put that on pause, it energizes this. See? The energy is there. It's going to manifest through some facility. But if you're just using physical common facilities, that's where it's going to express itself through. Put this on pause, that energy will start to manifest through other facilities. It's, they're, they're there. You know, it's, it's sort of an elevator that goes from the basement to the first floor, basement to the first floor. If you stop doing that, all of a sudden you go first floor to the second floor. <laughs> See? You'll realize, wow, there's other, there's other levels that you can travel to. The, the teacher will slowly take you through the other other rooms of the kingdom see other dimensions uh, but it it takes time this is not a rush job when people are talking about illumination in one life that's just a ridiculous notion in my opinion it's a that's like saying i want you to swallow the sun in one life well good luck with that good luck with that come on can you swallow the sun yeah i think you can but in one life i don't think so I don't think so. You have to have a luminous consciousness to be able to absorb that. <laughs> so this is, this is the journey. This is, this is not an easy walk. Don't expect it. That's why I say take comfort out of your, out of your mind. Get it out. You know? And then just take the journey. And my master would say, come what may. See? Come what may. Travel to God. Travel to the kingdom. Come what may. See? That's the attitude for success you must have. Some days are sunny, some days are rainy. It's just part of the journey. It's just part of the journey. Take the journey. See? Yes? Could you describe what it's like to experience cosmic uh, reality? Or I understand I might not even be prepared to. Well, I don't know if I can explain what cosmic reality is, but I, I can explain greater dim other dimensions that I've experienced, but it won't, it'll be hard for you to understand. But I'll give you an analogy. I'll give you a, a, an analogy. It, it, it'll just be conceptual. 
let's say there's a nuclear bomb sitting here. And I put the switch in your hand. And then I give the instructions. I want you to set the nuclear bomb off. I want you to gaze into it. And I don't want you to blink. And then click. Can you imagine the level of light, the level of luminosity that will happen in that moment? And I told you, don't blink. <laughs> See, are you ready for that? <laughs> Not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> can you do it? Yes, you can. You know, you can do it. Anything I can do, you can do. There's not, you know, I'm not special. I'm not special. We have the same facility. The difference is training. That's the only difference, you know. We, we all have the same seed of reality. We have the, all, the same seed of potentiality. It's who's worked in the science and who hasn't worked in the science. That's it. You know? And that's just, that's just a dimension of God. That's not God. That's just an energetic of God. That's just a component of God. See? It's not the ultimate reality. That's just one tiny facility of, of that reality. Can we see the, what we're talking about? See? You, you, you have to learn. You, you, in, in your journey, in our journey, we have to experience multiple locus of existence. So realize, holy mackerel, there's a whole lot more going on. And the forces of nature, that there is an infinite light. There is an infinite spaciousness. Spaciousness. There is an infinite cosmic sound. Those are all real. That's no joke. And it is within your capacity to experience all of those things. That's not God. I call those garments of God. God is supra, beyond that. God is beyond the mind. All of these massive experiences that I've discussed, infinite sound, infinite space, infinite light, that still exists within nature, see? But in your, in your evolutionary spiritual journey, you experience that such things are so, see? And then from there, you can make a leap from Naguna to Saguna. Uh, excuse me, from Saguna to Naguna, see? And, and then when you, when you talk about that, the highest experiences, there are no words. Why are there no words? Because that condition exists beyond the mind. See? See? So the effect of it is there, but the dialogue, not there. But the effect is there. See? That's, that's the evolutionary journey of, of the human condition. So, but we have to take it bit by bit. We have to start with like, let's be a nice person. <laughs> You know, let's be a decent, balanced person. That's what we got to be, you know. You forget all that other stuff if you're a lousy human being. You know, it's just, just, just not going to happen. <laughs> See? A lot of times people want to study meditation and they don't want to study ethics. So, you know, if you study meditation without studying ethics, you know what it's like? So you're studying meditation. You're cleaning out the barn. You're not studying ethics. You're taking the rubbish and dumping it in the back of the barn. So you're cleaning the front and dumping rubbish in the back. 
Are you going to evolve? So, so you have all these temples and people filling, going, studying and meditation and all this, and they're doing this, but they're, they're not, they're not, it's, it's the dross that keeps you down. So meditation is burning up the dross, but if you're not practicing and studying ethics, you're creating more dross, and you're bringing it in the back door, and you're filling up the barn. So does the barn ever get empty? If you're, if you're shoveling it in the front and dumping it in the back, so you look good, but you didn't go anywhere. You, you ha when you study meditation, that's burning up the rubbish in the front end, but you've got to stop generating rubbish in the back end. See? So you study ethics. You study right action. See? So that you're not generating more rubbish. See? So that when you burn through all the rubbish, the rubbish is gone. You haven't generated any more stuff. See? So... You you, you, you can't just study meditation. you you got to study how to be a good human being, how to be a decent, righteous human being in a natural way. I'm not saying righteous as you're holding your hand above everybody else and saying how to do things. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying how to live a natural, compassionate life. You know, can you go dancing? Can you go to parties? Can you do all your stuff? No problem. Just take a good heart with you. Just take a good heart and decency with you wherever you go. Take it to the party. It's fine. Take it to the circus. Take it to the museum. Take it to your class. Just take your humanity, your, your compassion with you. You can enjoy all the pleasures of the world. Take it to your sexuality. We're not saying, hey, you know, don't love your girlfriend. Don't love your boyfriend. We're not saying that. All we're saying is take a good heart with you. <laughs> enjoy all the things of the of the world, no problem. When it's time for it to drop away, it'll drop away naturally. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. But enhance your heart. Be a kind, decent, compassionate person wherever you go. And then practice your meditation. Then you're going to move into higher consciousness. See? You've got to drop off the lower stuff in order to get the higher stuff. But you don't have to wrench it away. Or you don't have to proselytize to anybody. Clean up your own heart, you know. Leave everybody alone. See, I don't grab people and say, come in here and hear Hari. No way. You got to volunteer for this. See? Nobody made me study all this stuff. I volunteered. See, nobody dragged me in the door. I volunteered. Same thing with you. This is, this is an arduous journey. This is accelerating your evolution. You can take evolution normally and move like a snail through evolution and you'll get there in a gazillion billion years or you can say okay i i choose to use my energetics to evolve and it may be just x amount of lives it's a countable amount of lives it's not an infinite amount of lives to get there see it's your journey is up to you no guruji is going to snap their fingers and say oh you're enlightened that's not how it works the Gurujis are there for your safe, intelligent passage. That's all. But you've got to climb the mountain. See? You've got to face all the challenges. You've got to remove all the personal shadows in your own psyche. See? The Guruji will help you and show you how. You know, and, and the Guruji will show infinite humanity. Because they've been through every disaster, every... Every mis 
gotten adventure. They themselves have done all that stuff. So they understand your weakness. They understand your failing. And they also understand your triumph. Because we've gone through every kind of rubbish. We've made every kind of mistake. And it's just through all these bursts of evolution that we untie the knots, you know, and banish the shadows. See? So the Guruji's not better than you. They are further along than you. But they're not better than you. All the dopey, crazy, crazy things you've done, they themselves have done. That's why my master would say, every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. See? This is about the, the, the release of sort of the jubilant heart. See? And when that release happens, all the other nonsense is disbanished, is dispelled. See? Light doesn't fight with the darkness. It just simply displaces it. See? And the Guruji wants you to put aside all your preconceptions, all your notions, all your desires, all your ill will, all your thought process. Just be still. And in that stillness, become aware of what's going on. See? They want you to have an expanded vision. And when you have an expanded vision, you'll be self-correcting. You, no one has to say, do this and do that. You'll correct yourself once you have a, a, a greater vision. You know, once you realize that, 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 that you're an infinite being that's not dying ever, you might get sick, you might lose a body, but holy mackerel, you're still there. You know, that's a revelation to realize, holy mackerel, you're still there. See? And that the end of your story, no matter what tragedies happen, it's all going to work out. It's actually all going to work out. When you actually realize there really is a God, there really are saints, and they actually really are in your corner, you feel a whole lot better no matter what's going on. You're like, Jesus Christ, thank you. You know? That's why with my master, you know, I tell people, I only say two things to my master. One is yes. And the other is thank you. <laughs> yes to whatever you want, because I know it's in line with the kingdom. And thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> you know, it, it all works out. See, right now, right now we're thinking all oh, this tragedy, that tragedy, and that's, that's our reality. That's how it's going to end. No. If, if you can get into a, a higher level of consciousness, all the tragedy is going to still happen. But, you, but the thing is, it's not the end. <laughs> It's not, it's not the whole story. You realize, holy mackerel, there's a whole bunch of other chapters and it actually gets better. This is just like one tragic chapter, chapter but it's not the book, see? So you, you feel a whole lot better about things, see? And, and no matter what tragedy happens, you learn a craft of sort of maintaining uh, a higher consciousness so that no matter what happens, you can practice japa. No matter what happens, you can practice prayer. So even if your body gets all messed up, it doesn't mean your consciousness has to be messed up. Your body's messed up, but your consciousness can still be traveling through the various vistas. See? You're not trapped. A normal human being, their body gets wrapped up, they're all messed up, they're in the hospital. Their body and mind are trapped because they don't know how to travel. They don't know how to be more expansive. So they suffer more. So we can get jacked up and in a hospital and broken up 
but we know how to enter our mind and then have the mind as a launch pad. See? So the body's suffering, but the psyche doesn't have to suffer. See? So anyway, common consciousness, higher consciousness. See? You're not, you're not ch chained here. You can have... You've got to realize anything that Hari Charan has experienced, you can do it. Unequivocally, absolutely, 100%. The question is, the only question is, will you pay the price of admission? That's the only question. Will you do the work? Don't do the work, don't get the results. Do the work, you'll see for yourself. That's it. You know, what, what price are you willing to pay? See? But don't worry. Get the idea bit by bit. Say, like, I don't have to follow the whole sun like Hari swallowed it. Not necessary. I can, how do you eat an elephant? Bit by bit. <laughs> okay? That, that just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this diet and I'm going to take it bit by bit. You'll get there. But be committed. You know? You can have your own path, your own, your, your own step by step, long, long steps, short steps. Who cares? Stay on the road, keep going, never quit. Just never quit. You know, people, this, many people I've known, they're moving up, moving up, and their consciousness is expanding, expanding, expanding. And then they get wrapped up in something in the world. I'm thinking, oh my God, you were so close. What's going on? You stopped. You know, another six months of continuing that process, you would have, you would have seen some of these glories. And they, they, they get subverted. It's, they get subverted. They're doing something good. But they stopped, you know? It's like, oh my God, when is this opportunity going to come where you have that much momentum where you can get over the hump again and actually see these glories for yourself? I've seen this my own, with my own eyes. I said, well, for God's sakes, why did you stop? You know, you, it's like the train just left the station. You were there all that time waiting and you left five minutes before the train arrived. It's all really crazy. Now they've got to come back to the station and work hard again until another boat's coming in. See? So the, the key is you have a common life except that you also will have a metaphysical life. See? Your, all your friends are only going to recognize your common life. No problem. But have a secret life. So I work as, you know, I, I do all kinds of physical maintenance work. So I have a very common pedestrian life. But I also have a, a secret, extraordinary, you know, metaphysical life. See? Some people will talk to me about metaphysics. Some people talk to me about mechanics. That's the world we live in. You just, you just accept it as it is. You know? Some see me as Joe Painter and some see me as Guruji. That's this world. What are you going to do? It's all okay. It's all okay. But you, you have to do that. You have to learn to have as real a metaphysical life as you have a common life. And, you know, Jesus said, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God, and he's absolutely right. <laughs> you know, you don't become a metaphysician and not pay your taxes. Come on. <laughs> pay your taxes. <laughs> See? <laughs> you got to give to the world what is, belongs to the world and give to the kingdom what belongs to the kingdom. But you're capable. That's my thing, is to say, you're capable. And I'll tell you what to study. I'll tell you what to practice. You know, 
I'll say, let's form a relationship, a, a friendship, see, a real friendship, a yogic friendship. You know, we're, we're looking at each other's hearts, see, and we're trying to expand into that humanity and into that compassion. And that if you enter that relationship, you become part of the, a, a, a household. Like an ashram is just a, a dharmic household. That's what it is, you know. It's, it, it's a place where you train to recognize your heart and then to expand your heart. That's what you're doing, you know. We don't want anything from you. It's not about wanting. It's about expanding. First, recognizing an intrinsic light in the heart, a passionate heart. And then, how do I take that compassionate heart and expand it through my life? That's what you're doing. You know, and then you're just like a bubble. The more, we, more you can see the nature of the heart and expand it, the more you're going to rise into higher consciousness. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to fight. You have to de-junk. That's all. Just the rubbish let go of, you're going to go for it. The less, more rubbish you throw out, the higher you go. <laughs> see? And it's, it's over time, then, there's higher understandings where you're, you become a supplicant of God. Most people don't want to think like that. You know, but for us, we do, you know, you know, I serve my master. I serve God. That is it. It's a full stop. It's a full stop. I don't care what human beings think at all. Zero. Zero. Whatever God wants, whatever Guruji wants, that's what I care about. See? But in that is a compassion towards all animals, compassion towards the earth, compassion towards human beings. See, there's a difference between compassion towards all those realities and listening and following to all those realities. Like, I don't go into a madhouse and ask for their opinion. Like, what's the point of that? See? I go to the higher physicians, ask what they want, and I bring it to the madhouse. See? But I don't look for therapy in the madhouse. See? I look for therapy for those who are above me. You know, they're going to give me right direction, right action, right understanding. Not the madhouse. See, so people are chattering, chattering, chattering. I just smile and say, yes. Oh, that's all. I, uh, that's it. You know, but I don't expect to get any kind of insight in a, standing in a madhouse. Insight is above my head, not, not equal to my head. See? So that's why we study the scriptures. We study the saints. We, we have physical proximity and study with the Gurujis. Because they are trying to get you out of the madhouse. See? And to, the, the, the biggest thing to, to your takeaway, we want you to see for yourself. See? In the beginning, it's good to have faith in us, but it's not enough. We want you to see for yourself, because when you see for yourself, then you'll have conviction. See? Then you'll have a platform of real knowledge. See? That, that's really what we want. Not just to have faith but to have faith and fact, the fact that it is so via your experiments, see? Then you can never be turned around. Then you're, you're okay. You're okay. You're, you're going to make it, see? You know, and that's what we want. We want, we want the resolution, see? The, the fullness of your spirit. Right now your spirit is, is in a box. The, the Guruji wants your fullness of experience, your, full, your realization, 
but it happens over multiple, multiple lives. You know, the good things that have happened to me didn't happen in a life. That's ridiculous. You know, you didn't get your university degree in a day. You know, it didn't happen in a day. It was a long process. Going to the ultimate reality, which I haven't reached yet, but my master has, and I'm right behind him, following him, following, you know. It's over multiple, multiple, multiple births. It's not a birth. And over time, the Gurujis will tell you, in this birth you're doing that, in that birth you're doing this. And you, know, you hear all these wonderful mystical stories about your, your past history. So anyway, that's, that's our journey. That's, that's our opportunity. So when there is a Guruji, and it is, he, is, he or she is proximal to you, take the opportunity. I can tell you, I've seen thousands and thousands of people come before my master and not take the opportunity. And I'd be standing in the corner thinking, what? You know, this is, it's like having Buddha or Jesus, Krishna standing in front of you. And you're, you're asking about, you know, some simple mundane thing when you can ask how to get into the kingdom, how you can drop all this dross and, and you know, so be, be aware of the opportunity you have, you know. And then my attitude is, is just, maximize your opportunity you know study what the teacher says and do the practices the teacher says ask your 10,000 questions I mean I'm telling you simply what I've done you know take the opportunity because then you'll see for yourself when you read the various scriptures you know those things written in scriptures will actually happen in your own mystical life your own inner life, in, in your own meditational life, you will see the other locus. It won't just be a, a, an idea. You know, you will see the other uh, levels of, of creation and beings that exist. With, you'll see it for yourself. See? Then there's no going back. Once you realize this is a fact, see? you just have to acquire the ability to, to access. See? It's a can-do, but it's up to you to pay the price. That's it. Pay the price. Pay the price of admission. So bit by bit. Any closing questions? Hari's been like long-winded today. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. I don't want to bore you. <laughs> Any questions? I have yes. Oh, Nick has some thoughts. Have you covered so many things in, in your questions, too, which are ideal. Um, and so I'm saying slash. I don't know if I can recover all of them. But first, going back to you asked about perception. The question is how you go from, or how you enter this process of, of uh, yoga. And um, what am I doing with my perceptions? So I'll back up. There's a, a, a quote from a philosopher. Well, first Einstein. And Einstein said that Experience is the only truth. Everything else is information. Mm. And uh, so it's the direct experience which you recognize even in science and mathematics because you have to feel the proof at the bottom of the line. You have to feel the truth of what the experiment says. So all of this starts by trying to ask what is truth and the only way of knowing is true is 
you can't pass it on to others. Everybody starts by themselves, starting to touching their own root to experience. <coughs> so, if I am asking that question, the next one that comes up is truth. That is to say, I want to know what's true. And I, in particular, if it's a, a, a religious question about using the word religion, something which would be called faith or spiritual, or seeing ourselves in the big, biggest context, including not just myself as a mechanism, myself as part of the universe. Um, then I have to know what truth is, and that means I'd be true to myself. So I can't start the process without cleaning out the barn and stilling them, stilling the, uh, um, stilling one's senses and one's emotions. Um, because if I say I want to know what's true and at the same time saying, well, I'm going to keep things the way I like at home, um, and you find that you're kind of lying to yourself. I'm, I'm fine, but I'm not looking at myself as an object. I'm not standing outside of myself to see what it is that I'm doing. And so, truth to yourself is the beginning of morality and ethics. And uh, for to know your own truth, you have to be true to the world. You have to be true to seeing without any um, projecting into it something that, you know, is your hopes, your own beliefs, your things you don't want to change. And you have to let everything potentially go. So you focus on perception and say that what happens every, anytime I see something, I see you, I have a concept of you. Um, I see a table, I have a concept of a table. I see something that attracts me, I see something that repulses me. So the first part of, a, of consciousness, our daily consciousness, our daily perception, is just that um, our, our daily perception is already, there's so many layers of paint on top of it, itself, that you're asking, you know, am I really seeing anything? I'm seeing my thoughts, I'm seeing that I like or I dislike, that seeing that cool. this is something I want or don't want. And so the question is how can I look at something without um, influencing it that way? So that becomes a stillness. And um, and so question is, how do I drop the, um, how, how do I watch a perception without, without interpreting it? And uh, so that becomes watching uh, the formation of one's own thoughts. And that becomes the beginning of a more meditative state. But I can now try to enter the, the way I'm going to be thinking about my experiences. And that brings me to the ego. And 
the ego is the one who started this journey at the same time that it's in love with the world, in love with itself. And it's, it's the thing that can feel pain and feel hurt and feel separate and feel like it's the center. It is the zero point from which I see this space and time and causation in which I live. And so once I recognize that, I had to <coughs> say, well, I'm questioning all of these things. What is the, e the ego is the center, it's holding it all together. So what can I do with the ego? Well, you can't get rid of it because it's me. I first have to answer all these questions at the level of, of my trying to understand something. And my is the same person, the same thing that's in trouble in the first place. So you have to let the ego have some role. And maybe the, maybe the ego can come along as a journalist. And the, as a journalist, he first thinks he's the creator of the story, but he's very happy and realizes he's the writer of the story. And so he's the one who's going to hold everything together and he'll report in a book later because the ego was there to manifest it. So, how do I form where I'm trying to look? I try to become silent and I'm trying to be open beyond that. And in that process, um, I have to see an ideal or I have to see a technique. I have to see um, a method. And so maybe my method is to look at consciousness itself, which is what I'm trying to emphasize in here. And that becomes Buddhism, it becomes Vedanta. It becomes an issue of saying, how am I forming my thoughts? Where does that lead me? I can also start with the ideal, Jesus Christ, the saints, the angels. How do I become to see them, to understand them, to feel, feel them, to open my heart to them, to let them guide me? How do I become in a, a more Western style thing? How can I look at these words God and these words consciousness? Because they come together. The, in the end, either focus takes you deeper and deeper into the metaphysics and the, and the experience. Um, and so, <coughs> and so even in, even in science, if I'm trying to come up with a material basis for things. I come to the point where I enter the metaphysics of science. Physics falls apart into quantum mechanics. Biology is going to fall apart in terms of where it puts consciousness in the brain. Um, so, any path of knowledge, be it dancing in a meadow in the evening, be it and feeling the light and letting it all come in and becoming who I am and, and having that wonderful sense of feeling of sunset becoming oneness, or I'm in the lab and making measurements with a ruler, or I'm sitting in a corner facing the wall and trying to say, shut up, shut up, shut up. Um, any of those processes lead ultimately to a nuclear bomb going off. And um, because you find 
you don't find, you enter the energy in which you are. And that's a good place to, I'm sorry, I carried away. No. So what, what you've just heard is you've heard correct knowledge. You've, you've just heard truth from another voice. It, it doesn't have to come from just Hari. It's not necessary. The scriptures are there. Other yogis are there. You, you just have to find valid sources of knowledge and then exercise that knowledge in your life. At the end of the day, you have to see for yourself. Once you see for yourself, there's no turning around, there's no backsliding. Because once you know, you know. Once you've seen, you can't forget. And, and over time, God will give you various initiations. Um, and some of the higher initiations are like a type of branding on your heart. Where that mark of God is on you. No going back. There's no going back. See? You're at that level. You can't drop below it anymore. You know, you can see everything below it, but you can't fall below it. See? So that's why the experiences, they'll keep taking you up, taking you up, taking you up, taking you up. See? The, all of your practice is, is based, ultimately based on direct experience. Direct experience means direct knowing. And that direct knowing <clears throat> means never forgetting. See? That's why the teachers become religious. Like, let's be honest with you. I never started out religious. Didn't think of myself as religious. But now there's not a day or a moment that there's some notion of God not in my mind. It's always there. And I didn't start out religious at all. I just wanted to find out what was going on. You know, I, I was like, what is all this mysticism? What is what the saints doing? What is all this miracles? I was just purely curious. Not religious. I was just curious. And then I had the holy mackerel. Holy mackerel, there is such a thing as God. Or, or infinite sublime consciousness. That's another way you can put it. Or you can say the reality. The reality, sublime consciousness, God, it's all the same thing. It's all the same reality, just different nomenclature. See? So I'm like, okay, I'm good with God. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I'll call it God. You know? So you, you, you don't have to start out you know, being like a religious person or I want to be a good person. Just start out as a person like, I want to know what truth is. And I want to find methods of experiencing that. And then... What's going to happen is going to happen. You know, you can't quantify it. What's going to happen is going to happen. But you'll be a knower at that point. You'll be a knower. And that knowing will express itself in your activities. You know, it's just going to express itself in your... It's like a natural talent that manifests in you. So once you start to see what's going on, you can't deny it anymore. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, you, you, can, you can see why everybody else is just living their lives and saying their own nonsense. Because you were just like that. R right up until you got a first-hand seat to see what's going on. You know, your mother, your brother, your sister, your friend are just living the common teacup lives. No problem. They'll do that right up until the point they see for themselves. And then 
you know, you're no longer satisfied to live in the teacup. Once you realize there's a door out of suffering, you're looking for the door all the time. Everybody else has sort of accepted this is life. This is the way it is. Right up until you find that there's a way out of it. And, and, then, and you know there's a way out of it. That, that becomes your, your cosmic divine search. Because you, you, you will not quit until you're out. See? And you will find the qualified teachers to take you on different stages of the journey. It's not, it, it's stages of the journey. See? It's all bit by bit. But once you really, really know there's a way out, you'll, from that point on in your evolution, you will not quit looking for the door. <laughs> See? Yeah. Echo on that. That's, I would use in and out almost the other way. You're trying to find your way in to truth. Yeah. And so you're finding your way in. And that means the way out is becoming what you release. Yeah, out of limitation, out of suffering. Right, so he, from the way he just spoke. Flash was uh, almost more direct to say, I'm finding my way in, mm -hmm. what I, into what I am. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Correct. Rather than, rather than uh, emphasizing, I'm getting out of what's false. Mm -hmm. I simply keep focusing on the, on the truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> Many ways to say the same thing. Any final questions before we before, before we close? You know, Susan, anything? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> okay. Stephen, anything? No. Nothing today? Josh? Oh, okay. Miss? I don't remember. Diana. Diana. That's such a pretty name. Anything, Diana? Okay. Has any of this made any sense? You know, are you reasonably happy that you came? <laughs> don't have to be totally happy. It's like, okay, I didn't waste my day. <laughs> All righty. Okay, so then we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll chant Om three times. See, even, even in chanting Om, right now we're chanting Om in the teacup, in, in, in common consciousness. I guarantee you there's an experience of Om that leads you right out of this world. <laughs> There, there is a cosmic experience that lies in it. But it starts with that little tiny seed. See? And then the Guruji will slowly, if you, if you have the interest and have the persistence, will teach you to, to listen to the sacred sounds that will lead to the, to the, the cosmic Om, the reality of the Om. And, you know, basically it'll blow your socks off. You, you, you go from the teacup to like that. And you can't explain that. You, all you can say is that. Because <laughs> you can't explain it. But you can explain the experience of going up, 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 and then to, to that. You, you can explain that part. But once in full manifestation, you can't explain that part. See? But this, just by chanting Om, it, it's, <clears throat> it's sort of like an echo. Uh, it's a physical echo of a metaphysical reality. Both are real. Both are real. See? So, people chant Om thinking, oh, it's uh, some, you know, feel good. But, but it, it, it is actually the seed 
of a of a, a cosmic psychic explosion that can happen in you. It 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 is a can do deal. See, but it, it's a seed. But if if you pull on that seed correctly, it'll lead you right to the the higher reality, higher experience. See, so so it's not just oh feel good. You know, it's way 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 more than that. Okay, so we'll start with this this seed of Om. chanting that om <clears throat> or chanting mantra in general you're taking a vibratory bath that vibratory bath is physical emotional mental you're washing yourself you, you really are you're vibratorily washing yourself and ultimately you'll become like you'll become you'll acquire the nature of that vibration See? and by law of association by chanting om 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 like that you're associating with that vibration. And that vibration is, is displacing anything not like it. That's why we say practice over and over and over these mantras. Because every time you're practicing, let's say you're saying om, 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 om. Anything not like it in your psyche is being displaced. See? And then as you practice, the luminosity of that experience will increase, increase, increase. And then, you know, when you show some regularity and some discipline and some sincerity, then the Guruji will teach you how to even enhance that, how to blow on that flame so that it explodes into a much greater, greater experience. See? Everything bit by 